Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. It is what is today? Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023, the third day of Cybersecurity Awareness Month. I hope you are enjoying it thus far. Uh, I did a little Substack article yesterday on our little writing. Takes about a minute to read yesterday about my thoughts on, on Cybersecurity Awareness Month. I think I might have mentioned it yesterday as well, but you can go check that out if you want. But let's get right into the cyber news headlines for the morning. So this first one um, comes from a tip from a friend of mine in Mississippi, Chris Hinkle, retired FBI supervisor, special agent. Thank you, Chris. Uh, this one is the Hines County computer system is nearly recovered after a cyber attack. This is from WAPT16 in Jackson. Um, I assume it's in Jackson. I don't really know where that station is, but I know it's in Mississippi somewhere. So a couple weeks ago, the Hines County uh, computer servers were hit with a ransomware attack and it shut down most of the county agencies. And apparently, uh, three weeks later, 95% of the system is restored. Well, the information Chris actually sent me was that at the board latest Board of Supervisors meeting, they approved a $2 million payment to the hackers, which is interesting in the sense that the cyber attack occurred on September 7th. Now we're talking three weeks later, they're almost recovered and they're paying the ransom. So maybe they couldn't get everything they needed, um, but they now have decided to pay the ransom to get most of it back. I hope it works out. The biggest thing I hope is that they go through their systems, figure out how the bad guys got in, and then plug that hole and plug all the other holes they likely have. Do a pen test, do a vulnerability assessment, because chances are your system sucks and people are going to come back to you because, A, you paid the ransom, which, again, I'm not going to fault anyone who gets hit with ransomware for paying a ransom because sometimes you have to do what you have to do to get your data back. But learn from the problem and fix the holes Find, a, find somebody to come in and help you assess the issue and understand it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if in six months we're talking about Hines County in Mississippi getting hit by uh, cyber attack again. Dark reading. This is Beth Bergen Waller reporting. Four legal surprises you may encounter after cybersecurity. So I picked this one. Not so much that it's a news story other than it's just some information that might be interesting for you to know if you get hit with a cybersecurity event, if you're a business owner, a couple things you can expect. One is that cyber insurance will review your pre-incident security controls. One thing insurance companies don't like to do is pay out claims. They love to take your money and protect you. I'm using quotes, but heaven forbid you should have to use their service because something bad happened. Cybersecurity is probably the worst simply because the insurance market has realized they jumped into it without looking at pre-incident controls and have been hit with tons and tons of of having of payouts. So they're going to look at what you did beforehand and if you kept up with them. So there's an underwriting process. Obviously, they will ask you to describe the controls you're using to protect your systems and then once you get hit, make sure that you kept those controls in place. So keep in mind of that. Auditor investigations. So they will send in people in to investigate your, your um, incident. Um, engaged specialized cyber incident. Uh, engage a specialized cyber incident council to assist in navigating the responses to the questions from these auditors. This is a recommendation from this article. Number three, banks halting ransomware payments. This is obviously could be problematic in the sense that after you've been hit with ransomware, if you're assuming that ransomware is the issue, um, there may be concerns whether or not the bank can even pay the ransom because the Treasury Department, their Office of Foreign Asset Control, OFAC, uh, has placed many, not many, but I mean a couple dozen uh, Bitcoin addresses on 
the OFAC list, meaning you are unallowed, you can't, you can't send money to them. So if you get, now chances are, I would say this, the odds that you are going to have to pay the ransom to a Bitcoin address that is on, or, or any crypto address, a blockchain address rather, on um, your ransomware account that's on the OFAC list is probably unlikely because the bad guys know that that's on the list. They just created a new one. It's really not that hard to get around, but you know, the government thinks they're doing great things. Number four, failing to know which customers need immediate notice. So there's going to be reporting requirements you have depending on the data that you have. And so that's going to be very time consuming to figure out who you have to report it to, how quickly you have to do it. And if it's European customers, information you have, then you got a whole host of other issues. So make sure you have good legal counsel if you get hit with a data breach or any other kind of cybersecurity incident. All right, this is a follow-up from yesterday's news about the XM six, six zero-day uh, bugs that were found. This is Sergio Gatland reporting from bleepingcomputer.com. And as always, all the articles referenced in this podcasts are on the show notes if you want to go look at more. But uh, we mentioned yesterday that XM, which is uh, a mail server, I believe, yeah, has a, has a mail system server, email system server. Well, sorry. It's early in the morning. I'm a little, little still not quite awake. But anyway, uh, there were six zero days disclosed last week through a researcher, um, and they have released patches for three of them. So they're halfway there. So if you have... Um, if you have XM and you're using their SMTP service, the flaw, I believe, hits uh, RC. Yeah, it's an RCE bug. So it's a couple CVEs listed here for those vulnerabilities already out. Um, so this one will fix three of them. So if you use it, you need to make sure that you update and patch your system. Um, some of these have a um, 9.8 out of 10 severity score. So you want to make sure you absolutely fix those. Um, the, the biggest one is CVE 2023-42115 has a 9.8 severity score and it's an external authentication scheme configured and it's and available. So uh, the article gives you some more information if you want that, but those patches are out. So if you're using it, patch your system today. Hopefully the other three come out here uh, pretty soon. Also from now, the next two articles are coming. I'm sorry, let me let me bypass that. I missed miss one here. Uh, the next one is from oh that's not that's not what i want i did that one yesterday so this is going to be the hacker news researcher reveals new techniques to bypass cloudflare's firewall and ddos protection now the first thing that's probably going to happen a is cloudfall cloudflare is going to be very angry that this research revealed the technique ideally the researcher told him first or told i'm sorry told cloudflare first so they can start working on a patch for this because if if this patch does not exist for this particular uh, system, then bad guys are going to start exploiting it post haste, as we'll see um, fairly in the next article. Um, but firewall, and this is from the Hacker News reporting, firewall and distributed denial of service attack prevention mechanisms Cloudflare can be circumvented by exploiting gaps in cross-tenant security controls, defeating the very purpose of these safeguards it has emerged. Attackers can use their own Cloudflare accounts to abuse the per-design trust relationship between Cloudflare and the customer's websites, rendering the protection ineffective. The problem, per the Austrian consulting firm, is the result of shared infrastructure available to all tenants within Cloudflare, regardless of whether they are legitimate or otherwise, thereby making it easy for malicious ad actors to abuse the implicit trust associated with service and defeat the guardrails. So is there a fix for this? That's probably your question. That's a very good question. And I'm going to guess that it does not currently have that. But it said, um, let's see, 
this is a long article, so you're going to want to go look at that if you want to read the whole thing. I'm trying to see if there is a result, and it does not look like they have fixed it or figured out a fix, but hopefully they do here soon. Otherwise, um, your use and your belief that Cloudflare is protecting you from a DDoS attack uh, has a flaw and could be a problem, so keep that in mind. All right, the next two are both about progress, the company progress, which creates the Move It um, hack, and also the WSFTP service that uh, bugs were discovered in last week. So the first article is from um, Wired. This is, who's reporting this? This is, doesn't say who's reporting this. So, oh, I'm sorry, it does. Lily Hay Newman and Matt Burgess. The biggest hack of 2023 keeps getting bigger. Victims of the move it breach continue to come forward, but the full stack, full scale of the attack is still unknown. In a field of shocking, opportunistic espionage campaigns and high profile digital attacks on popular businesses, the biggest hack of 2023 isn't a single incident, but a juggernaut of related attacks that keeps adding victims to its score. In the coming months, more people, as many as tens of millions, could find out that their sensitive information has been compromised, but still, more still, will likely never learn of the situation or its impact on them. And that's really the case. And this is, I guess, a great point they make in that set, in that paragraph about these instances, in, incidents is that there are some companies that likely, based on where they're located, won't report that they had a problem because they don't have to. But uh, more from this article, since May, mass exploitation of a vulnerability in the Move It soft system has allowed cyber criminals to steal data from a dizzying array of business and governments. It includes Shell, British Airways, the U.S. Department of Energy, Progress Software, um, which owns Move It, um, patched the flaw at the end of May, uh, along with two others in June, and broad adoption of the fix ultimately halted the rampage. But the CLOP data extortion gang had already orchestrated a far-reaching smash and grab, and months later, the full extent of the damage still coming into view. So basically, it's a couple things. You know, my guess is not all the move it systems across the globe have been patched. Why? Again, because patching rhythm is a problem, which allows bad guys to find vulnerable systems that should have been patched long ago. I'm going to guess that there are still a lot of move it systems that have not been patched with all of these zero day vulnerabilities. So bad guys are still going to find ways to abuse it. So again, I just make this reminder that this is going to be the solar winds of 2023, if you will. So look for more um, targets coming forward as we go ahead. And on that line, I mentioned, uh, I believe it was yesterday, had to be yesterday, that Progress Software, the same company that does move it, also has another service, WSFTP, which is another file transfer solution that also has vulnerabilities. Now, this, this article is humorous to me because it's from Simon Hendery from SC Media. Um, which is, I forget what S, security, something, I forget what it is, whatever, sebmedia.com. Um, Progress Software is disappointed. Researchers who found a bug in its WSFTP file transfer solution moved quickly to share the proof of concept that can be used to exploit the vulnerability. Now, a good point that they are mad because obviously now that bad guys know these this vulnerability exists, they can go look for it and they can do the same thing they're doing with move it with this new system for the companies that use it. But three days after the vendor disclosed and issued patches for the bugs last week, researchers at asset note published a research note detailing the proof of concept for the bug that they developed after finding the vulnerability. Now, here's where my, here's where I have a problem with this. I think not, as I like to say, knowledge is protection. If this vulnerability exists, you need to know what it is, what it looks like, and how to protect against it. Why Progress Software would be mad that the, the researchers posted it is kind of silly, but I can understand that if they 
hadn't patched it. Ideally, ideal, ideal world, right? Researchers find the problem. They tell the vendor, give the vendor some time to fix it and then release their findings. Probably that's what happened here because it does, progress did say that they issued patches for eight vulnerabilities, which two of them were critical on September 27th. So they patched the holes. And I guess the problem is, and I can understand the problem, is that not everyone is going to know this. Not everyone is going to pay attention to the patches to be able to patch all of these things in a timely manner and bad guys are going to get them. But, you know, it is what it is. If they hadn't released it, a bad guy would have figured it out, not told anybody, and then the problem will continue on. So chances are pretty good that as the week goes on, we will now start to see victims of the WF, WSFTP vulnerabilities being targeted as well. So I'm going to predict that here on October 3rd. We'll see how quickly it comes to fruition. And the last one is more of an informational piece since this is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. I want to make a little awareness here for my small business owner friends. And this is from helpnetsecurity.com. Mirko Zortz, the director of content, wrote this one. It's an article, I mean, an interview rather, with Helpnet, uh, with, I'm sorry, with Raphael Mautone, the CEO of Judy Security, who talks about the cybersecurity problems that small businesses face and the need for prioritization to save businesses from potential fines and so on and so forth. So this, the article is the hidden cost of neglecting cybersecurity for small business. And this is very important to me, I think, because I try to work with small businesses and have them understand that, yes, your cybersecurity costs you money, but in the end, the protection you get from it is going to outweigh if you get hit with something. And this is makes a good, this particular article makes some pretty good points. One of the primary reasons small business owners cite for not investing in cybersecurity is the expense involved. Obviously, we all know this. But what what's uh, but if and then the question here: What's your take to on the cost to benefit analysis for cybersecurity in small businesses? And his article is, or his response is rather, well, it's understandable that small business owners may have concerns about the expenses associated with investing in cybersecurity solutions. It's been proven the benefits far outweigh the cost. Bingo. Cybersecurity threats pose significant risk, including financial loss, damage, reputation, legal liabilities. Prioritizing cybersecurity can protect against these threats, enhance customer trust, and ensure compliance with regulations, saving a business from potential fines and brand reputation damage. Now, there's more to this article, so I highly recommend you go look at it if you're a small business owner to see that. I'm going to post this on my LinkedIn today, this particular article, because I think it makes some great points that the small and medium business, small and medium businesses need to think about when it comes to cybersecurity. So that is your quick cybersecurity awareness tip of the day. I am running way over time here. Like I like to say, we're trying to be here for a good time, not a long time, and I'm getting into the long time part. So I'm going to cut it short here. As always, uh, if you have news tips or whatever, send them to me, Darren at CyberGuy. Find me on LinkedIn. Find me on Substack, all the other social media stuff. I'm there as well. Because if we understand the cyber threats that are targeting us, we can assess our risk, proceed wisely. Um, and if you get a little cyber smarter, hopefully you get a whole lot cyber safer. Thanks so much for listening. Um, shares of this podcast, letting other people know about it is appreciated. Uh, feel free to contact me anytime. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, and we will talk again tomorrow morning. CyberSmart Morning News is written and produced by CyberGuy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.